0: Welcome to Childcare CRM the podcast. You're familiar with Childcare CRM the company and hopefully you love using Childcare CRM the product. I'm your host Sierra Rossing and I serve as the content marketing manager at Childcare CRM. Today's episode is actually an audio only edition of our recent webinar with ECE expert, consultant and childcare business owner Beth Cannon. In our recent webinar, Beth shared the three connections between staff and family retention. Given how important this topic is amidst today's current state of the industry, I wanted to make sure it was available to you in a variety of formats. Enjoy today's podcast, and if you'd like to watch the webinar recording or download any of the resources mentioned in the episode, visit youtube.com/childcarecrm or take a look at the description box below.
1: Let's dive into this, because I think so many people don't really make the connection between hanging on to teachers and hanging on to families. So I've got three really important connections to talk to you guys about. And Sierra, I know you're going to be popping in and out. So I'm excited to see you. And um, let's roll. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, so um, this is what I want to start with today is a really important quote from my that I love so much. It says, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. How we make people feel in our industry is, I think, the biggest component of retention for both your staff and your families. If your staff feels valued, if they feel honored, if they feel taken care of, then absolutely they're going to want to stay. Same with your, with your families. You work with the two most important things that people have, their children and their money. And if you can take care of their children and you can show them that that they are getting a value for what they pay for you, you're going to keep everyone and you're going to be hitting on all cylinders because this is what we know. Parents are looking for high quality experiences for their kids. And what does that mean to you? So as a business, businesses sell one of two things. They either sell products or they sell services. So in, in my business, for example, I do speaking, you know, keynote speaking, webinars, podcasts, uh, conference speaking, things like this. That is a service. I also sell digital products. I have some courses on my website to where people can go and actually purchase products. In my, in my other world, my intro into the ECE world was through a company called Stretch and Grow, and I've done it for 23 years. Stretch and Grow is an international franchise, and I have 12 franchises here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It's my absolute passion. We are, we are coming back. We're, you know, we, we came back last year at about 25%. And now we're soaring close to 75% of our business. And I'm so excited about it. And that's a service that we give. We serve the schools by going in and doing enrichment programs for their kids. But this is the thing. Whether my team is teaching dance, sports, fitness, gymnastic, music to kids or whether I am teaching teachers and teaching directors and teaching leaders and working on some business and leadership strategy, I'm delivering services and products. If you buy something on my website, but what we're all experiencing is an experience. Okay, it's not just a service that you're giving; it is an experience that you're giving to the family. So, what does that you know think like? What does that mean to you? What does it mean when you say I'm going to give an experience to these families? So. There are three key tools to attraction. Okay. And these are always involving. So if you're a note taker, take notes because I don't want you to miss this. The first thing we're going to talk about are your tools of attraction, which is your brand, your building, your contents, your curriculum. The second thing is the technology that you use. So you're you're coming through this through childcare CRM. So it tells me that technology is important to you and that you've really paid attention so that you can leverage some of the technology opportunities that are available to you as child care centers. And then finally, it is your talent, the consistent delivery of your brand in every single experience that your people have as they interact with you. So first, I want to talk to you about the tools of attraction. So that is your, that is your number one T. Here's the fact. Your building only takes your brand so far. So I don't know what your buildings look like. You know, maybe you've got, it's, it's beautiful. Maybe when people walk in, you, you give this amazing experience. So think of this, think of going into two different stores. So let's, let me talk about a luxury brand. So Nordstrom, let's say you're going into Nordstrom. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's a nice, it's a, it's a more upscale uh, clientele, the clothing and the shoes and every, the, the, the items are more expensive. When you walk into Nordstrom, someone kindly greets you, offers to serve you. It smells good. Um, you know, maybe there's a pianist, you know, playing Bach. Anyway, it's, a, it's a great experience when you go into Nordstrom. Now think about going to Walmart. You go to Walmart because you get clothes and tires in the same place. Both companies are delivering an experience. If you want a luxury experience, nicer, high quality clothing, someone to help you uh, put together an outfit, someone to style you, that's where you're gonna go to Nordstrom for that. If you need tires and groceries and just a top for a Zoom call, you're going to Walmart, different experiences, the sights, the sounds, the smells, all differently. Your Your building only is gonna take your brand so far. So I think that your building is not really the most important thing because your brand is abundantly more also than your visuals. Your logos, your fonts, your colors. Now, gosh, I really hope that you have nailed down your, your, the visual aesthetic of your branding. Hopefully you have your logo and you're not using all kinds of crazy colors and you're not using all kinds of crazy fonts. You've nailed it down to two or three fonts. You've nailed down your brand voice, who you are, your, the, the pictures that you put on your website. All of that is very consistent, okay? But your brand again is so much more than just that. Your brand goes back to your values. So take a look at the values that you dive into. Integrity is really important. Now, if if I'm new to you um, and you've never heard me speak before, I speak a lot about the challenges that I have in my own early education business, as well as what I'm learning from my students when I'm out in the field doing coaching and consulting. Integrity is a very important brand value. Do you or do your people do what you say you're going to do? And do you honor your commitments? Because that's what's going to be a real foundation of your brand. You want to talk about retaining families and you want to talk about retaining your staff. Make sure that you're functioning in integrity, that you are consistent in your delivery. If you say you're going to do something, deliver that, not just to your families, but also to the team, to the people who are working for you. Because as you all know, it's really hard to, to attract and taint, retain and train really high quality employees. We're all looking for them right now. And then the next component of your brand value is the quality. OK, do you operate with a standard of excellence? And is that evident to current and prospective families? Now, again, uh, if, if you have followed me, if you're on my email list, you, you may have followed a journey of me questioning whether or not I'd made the right decision and I hired I hired this person she had a great resume great interview I'm sure you all have too but then as she comes in we have a death in the family we have a COVID exposure and another COVID exposure and a dentist appointment and late and not turning in paperwork and not getting fingerprints and you know things like this all the things are adding up and I'm like there's something not right this person's not functioning in our core values, in in the quality that we expect. So the, the whole old adage of this is how it started and this is how it's going, I want you to think in terms of your team and your building, how did your people start out and how's it going? Because if your goal is to have people who function in excellence, you need to understand this, my friend, average people will never be excellent. And if you want an excellent school and you want to retain the best teachers to come to the best places and deliver the best services, you better make sure that you start with the expectation of excellence. I don't mean perfection. Perfection is not attainable. None of us are Jesus, right? None of us are perfect. What you want to focus on is excellence. You know, and if we mess up, we're humble. We learn from our mistakes and we move back on. So are you operating with the standard of excellence? And that has to start from the top. I'm assuming if you're here, you're probably in a leadership position. So how do you train and motivate and teach your team? And then it's consistency. Are your delivery and your communications predictable and steady? You know, do you have some sort of platform where you're communicating with either your prospective families, like through a CRM, through your current families, and how are you communicating with your team? Do they know what to expect? Does your team understand what they need to know, think, and do when they come to work every single day? So what is your staff brand? I want you to like shut down your eyes for a minute, and I want you to think, who are, the, who are your people? Who are are the people that show up to work for you every single day? Because you have a brand. Whether you've been intentional about creating it or not, you have a brand. And do you have a talent attraction strategy, which I'm going to teach you in a minute, to bring in the right kind of people? So your staff brand is simply the process of promoting your school, your center, your organization as a great place to work by the kind of talent that is required for you to live out your mission. So what is your staff brand? I mean, like, what is your secret sauce? Okay, so that's your first one. The tools of attraction that you have. Your building your brand, your team. Now let's talk about technology. Again, if you're a note taker, be a note taker. And if you're multitasking, I want you to, to, to come back to me for a minute. I know Sierra's going to pop on here shortly, and she's going to give us some, some more in-depth information. I know Child Care CRM's been doing some study and some research, and I'm fascinated by data. I'm always fascinated by numbers. And when I came across this survey that Hi Mama did, it, it, was, it was very compelling to me because this is what they found. They found the number of parents who would switch care providers, if they found out another center, offered these things. So I know as business owners, you're constantly marketing for families. And this is so tacky to say, and I'm just going to own it. It's tacky. It's crass. It's rude. So don't be saying that said something crass and tacky. I'm telling you up front. I know it's tacky. It's cheaper to keep her and cheaper to keep them, right? It's cheaper to keep who you have because the cost of marketing and onboarding new teachers and new families is expensive. So what if you could be really, really intentional about doing things like sharing pictures and videos with your families, having a parent communication app, digital documentation. This is shocking to me, how few schools keep track of documentation digitally. Um, Do you have contactless check-in, contactless payments, um, at-home activity content? You know, I know with me for Stretch and Grow, we're constantly trying to get parents to engage with what we do. So, Sierra, tell us about this this research that you guys have done recently.
0: Well, yeah. So, digital documentation is something that, I mean, as we can see here, 63% of parents would switch to another center Mm -hmm. if they offered that. And a big part of digital documentation is online registration. So that means offering enrollment paperwork in a digital format allows you to customize the experience for families, whether it's pre-filling their contact and family info so they don't have to fill out the same information multiple times. And it's actually found our VP of Education and Training, Lisa Henkel, who some of you may know, um, she found in a recent survey that the average parent is filling out the same information up to nine times during the registration process. Oh not my Between state forms, center forms, medical information. Um, but another huge part of this customization includes catering to those families whose native language or preferred language may not be English. Because as we know, um, I mean, reading forms in a different language than your own can be difficult. Oh my gosh, can't imagine. Yeah, it leads to, you know, misunderstanding in the the terms of care. It leads to lower conversion rates for your center. Um, So we really want to know how, you know, are parents asking you um, for forms in multiple languages? So I'm going to launch a poll here and I'll give just, you know, maybe about 45, 60 seconds for everyone to answer. And um, it's okay if it doesn't happen all the time. It's probably going to differ based on your geographical location and the demographics you serve. Um, but this is something we've noticed as a huge emerging trend in child care. So uh, we'd love to hear what's going on at your center.
1: Yeah, I just did a, an in-person training down in Harlingen, Texas, which is on the border uh, between the U.S. and U.S. and Mexico. And they have about 75 percent of their families are not native English speakers. So that's interesting. Um, I was not, you know, and of course the majority of their, of their team speak Spanish as well, but that's quite a bit, uh, you know, in, in the U S of course, you know, you're, you're close to a border where, where there's a, a foreign country, but they could
0: definitely use a service like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it may differ. I mean, we're based in Texas, you know, so that's, uh, my, that number might be higher for some of us down the, uh, down here. Um, but okay. So I'm going to go ahead and end the poll. And yeah, it looks like so 44% said they don't experience this, but it looks like that's still, if I can do the math there, 56% of people said that they're getting asked for forms in multiple languages. So thanks for sharing that. And I just, um, I mean, yeah, digital documentation is huge and it's growing, especially amidst the past year and a half and everything, uh, you know, moving to contactless um, and prioritizing, you know, digital and online strategies that can uh, help us social distance and, you know, practice those COVID guidelines. So.
1: Well, and you know, we just did it with our team before COVID about a year before COVID, which, you know, God knew, I mean, what what was coming because I did not. And I'm so thankful that we did it. And that's one of my favorite things to get to teach. So let's talk about that. All right, moving on technology. Um, You can use technology to both attract And to retain your family. So, um, think about this. If you use a great CRM, of course, like childcare CRM, to capture, organize, and optimize your leads, this way you're not going to miss out on your next family. An alarming percentage of schools do not follow up with leads when you get them. So, you think we need kids. You're not following up on your leads. It could be the same for for people who are applying for a job. You know, you get so busy, you don't take an opportunity to really pay attention to who's applying for your job. Are you following up? Are you following up quickly? And then of course the retention piece, parent communication and app platforms help keep families connected with that on-demand access. Parents want access to their kids. And now more than ever, especially since COVID, they've been home with them. They have more family time. They want access to their kids. And so understanding how technology helps with that is going to help you retain those families. Also, for quality of service, increased speed and quality of service results in greater customer satisfaction. So this is what we know. Happy families, happy staff. Because have you ever had parents who are hateful to your teachers? And you have maybe some teachers who want to quit because the parents aren't nice to them. Um, my, in my former life, before I became an ECE business owner, I was a school teacher. And I love the kids. Guess who did not make my job fun? Were the parents, right? And that was, you know, 25, 26 years ago. It was a long time ago. And parents have changed since then. So, but we know happy families equal happy staff. Because when, you're, when your families treat your staff with, with kindness and respect and love, it makes them feel more connected to their job. It makes them want to stay. So this is what child care, the child care business coach found. Uh, this is Evelyn Knight. She found that currently only 3% of child care centers report that they follow up the families after a tour. Can you believe that, Sierra?
0: I know it's it's really it's really shocking. I mean, I'm a big fan of the rule of seven and any of y'all who may have experience in marketing or if you read the child care serum blog, you'll have heard um, me talk about it on there. But the rule of seven means that basically a family needs to hear your message or see your message. Uh, an estimated number of five to seven times really is kind of the number before they're willing to commit to care. So it's critical that you follow up with families. I mean, that is, at Child Care Serum, of course, that's what we're all about. Um, So that number is shocking to me, for sure. Um,
1: So so you want to retain them. You also are paying to attract them. So that's part of your attraction strategy is getting them in. So if that's not something you're doing on a regular basis, find a system Find a system. Get a CRN. Get something that you can plug into that you're not missing out on all those family leads.
0: Yeah, yeah and really quick, Beth, I have one more poll. Just oh, let's do it here. Um, so, circling back to we were talking about increased speed leading to um, happy families, happy staff. So, I mean, we're all looking for ways to save time. It feels like. It feels like the past year and a half have just made all of our lives that much busier. And there's just so much more to manage, so much more to keep track of, especially as a childcare owner operator. Um, And I know that for me, if I'm giving someone something to fill out or something to work on that I then need back, um, I typically don't wanna wait weeks um, to receive that because I often have a lot more work I need to do on it. So in the sense of registration forms, it can be such a hassle to, you know, have to wait and delay that registration because a parent is, you know, having to come pick it up, fill it out, fill out the same information nine times, like we said. Yep. Um, so I really wanted to get some input from you all about how long parents typically take to fill out paper registration forms and return those to you. So I'm watching this poll here. Once again, this is all anonymous um, and it's just, you know, information that we like to see about kind of the pain points in the industry. And um, if you don't know, we actually have an annual benchmark report called the Building Blocks for Success. And um, we identify industry trends and child care insights in that report every year. We've been doing it for 10 years and uh, we're really excited to release that in hopefully the next month. So I'll give more information out when we have it. But getting this insight from you all and your day to day um, is really helpful for us. So I'll give it another ten seconds here. And what? Tell me about um, stretch and grow, Beth. Is that do you have online or online or paper forms that parents fill out? Or the we? You know
1: what? We went green in twenty fourteen. And so, since 2014, we have not taken paper checks. We have not taken paper enrollments, and it has been uh, incredible. Like, because I've been stretching growth since 1998, 99. So, you know, we started out, I mean, when we played our music in class, I had cassette tapes where <laughs> we would have to fast forward. And then we went to CDs. And of course now everything is digital. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, we had a platform where they go on and enroll, we, we take all digital payments and it's freed us up so much. And what people, I wish we could understand is what is the money value of your time? Like if you would, you know, because, and I thought, gosh, this platform that we use, it's I don't know, it's like 140 bucks plus the credit card fees. And I'm thinking, That's going to be so much money. However, the time that it would take us to enter all those enrollments and to track the enrollments and, my gosh, get checks and (laughs) deposit the checks, it was just, it was crazy. And what was interesting to me is that so many people in Stretch and Grow could not let go of that. We're like, well, our parents like to pay with checks. Well, but I'm sure they do, but take credit cards and, and it's so much easier, right? Because it is, because the truth, everyone has a phone now everyone has a phone and people want to do things digitally. They do not want to sit down and fill out paperwork. They don't want to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm going to go ahead and end this. We got some really good insight here, What did we find uh, I'll share results. Okay. So it looks like, um, I would say so 55% receive the forms back in, less than a week. So I'll say a week-ish. 37%, it takes maybe about one week to a month to get those back. I'm glad that no one's in the three-month category. I just want to say that is tough. Um, And for those few of you who did say other, I would love to hear the timeline on you receiving those forms. So feel free to drop that in the chat. But um, thanks for sharing those insights, everyone. So.
1: All right, let's see. Where were we? Uh, Okay, let's talk about this. The connection between staff and families will keep them coming back and referring others. Do you have a referral program um, for your families and for your team? Like if you need to hire teachers, gosh, I hope that you are leveraging your current staff, giving them bonuses. I would rather give one of my employees $100 than give it to care.com on any day of the week. Now, I've gotten some great leads from care.com, but dang, it's expensive. It's $95 a month for me to post ads out on there. And I only get two or three responses. I would much rather have one of my employees refer an employee. I would much rather have my families refer other families. So are you making that connection? between people saying hey this is a great place to work come work with me or hey this is a great place for your family come hang out with us. So let's talk about how technology also can help your staff. Now we talked about you know Sarah gave these polls on you know are you getting the information back from your families for enrollment. What I am passionate about As a business and leadership strategist in the early education field is making sure that your team has the tools that they need so that they understand what to know, think, and do from day one of getting hired. So switching from manual to online training is going to optimize your resources, lead to better outcomes, and it's going to add value to your organization. I hope that you are not using a paper manual. I hope that you have understood by now that zero people are reading them and they're not effective anymore. And one of the things that I love to teach is I love to teach you how to take your hot mess paper manual and turn it into beautiful online training modules. And you can use all free tools to do it. So let me talk to you about the benefits of online training for your staff to help retain them. 92% of employees say that having the technology to do their job more efficiently would help them to be more satisfied with it. 60% Spent said that their team spent less time training online rather than in person training. When I say in person training, I want you to think about your orientation. You have adult circle time to where you sit down with your te- with your new teachers and you go over the rule after rule after rule after rule. You make sure they read the paper manual and now they know what to know if they can do and now they're going to go do their job. They're not, and it takes up so much of your time as the leader. What if you could create a resource? that would help you package that up, deliver it to them so that they would know what to know, think and do and that they would have consistent delivery of what your expectations are every single time. Because 42% of companies said they saw an increase in revenue when they switched from manual training to online training. So I have a resource that teaches you how to do this. You can download it. So Jot and Sierra, if you wouldn't mind jotting this in the chat, if you go to m2mchecklist.bethcannonspeaks.com, that will take you to a resource, and it is it's a booklet that I printed for you. There's it's and it's an interactive PDF, and that means that there are lots of links inside of the PDF that will take you to even more content, like you know using things like Trello boards or, or Canva or Google Docs, how to use that. So I give you lots of information on how you can take your own manual and turn it into modules. And I teach that um, in one of the courses on my website called Manuals to Modules. And I'm about to teach it in a new program that we're launching, Steck Strategy Academy. I know I saw my friend Kay on here. Kay is the st- former student of Steck Strategy Academy. He worked through that with her team. So um, those are some fun things that we do that I love to get to teach you guys. So I wanna talk to you though about here, the difference between orientation and onboarding. Orientation is like a one-time event. Like let's have orientation. Now you're done. Now you know everything you're supposed to know. Onboarding. That is a series of events, one of which is orientation that helps them, again, understand what their day to day job looks like and how their work contributes to the overall business and culture of your center. So that is onboarding. It's a process. And we make the mistake in early education by saying, "Okay, they've done with they're done with orientation, that we've gone through this whole checklist. Now they're good to go. They can, you know, they, they had all their teeth today and a properly fitting bra, so let's put them in the classroom. That's not what we want. We want people of excellence. And so we wanna make sure that we teach them how it looks like to function as a, as a family member on our team. So let's talk about onboarding, okay? Hopefully you have a good system for this, but if you don't, I hope that I can teach you a few things. Onboarding, when instead of just saying, here's your orientation, can significantly improve employee engagement and reduce turnover. Because this is what we know, 50% of new hires are going to leave in 18 months. And as I mentioned, it's cheaper to keep her. What can you do to retain your people? If they were trained well, they're going to have the tools they need to feel like they can be successful at work. And you're going to love these people on your team because they know and understand what they're supposed to know they can do when you've properly trained them. So my questions for you, my friends, these are some things and jot down and gosh, I hope you're a note takers. If you're multitasking, I hope you switch back and take some notes because it's really important for you to assess yourself. You know, this is an opportunity. You're, you're spending an afternoon, you're spending your lunchtime learning. I wanna make sure that you walk away with some true nuggets. So ask yourself, when was the last time you updated your manuals? And I don't just mean for COVID. When did you do it? And, and why did you do it? Um, so many people, you know, threw in some COVID policies, but some of my students that I can coach and consult with, some owners have never even read their manual or some have a manual that's 300 pages. That's got a lot of information in it, but, but, but there's so much information. There's no way possible that they could consume that. Because think of this. If someone says, I'm going to give you a 300 page book You're going to read it once and remember everything it said. There's no way, 0% chance you're going to do it. So when's the last time you updated your manual? Have you gone through that manual to edit, audit, update it? Okay. And then think of what about your onboarding process is not working. I'm going to challenge you to go through your onboarding process and, and make a list of all of the forms and paperwork that they need. Make a list of all of the training content that they need. Make a list of all that they need to do in the classroom. What are those live training components? You know, a lot of times the, the schools that I see to be most successful have at least a week or two. Most Most of the time, two weeks of a true onboarding process where maybe like in the morning, you know, they're going over their online modules. They're doing some training. They're, they're kind of shadowing. And then in the afternoon, they got an opportunity to really get in the classroom and teach and get hands on. So. Think about your onboarding process. Do you know every piece of it? What's working, what's not working and what needs to change, okay? And then do you have limiting mindsets around your ability to convert your manuals to modules? Do you have limiting mindsets around your ability to use technology? Because a lot of times I find people don't want to use technology because it's just one more thing to learn and they don't have time to learn. But again, I want to remind you, there is a a money value to your time. And if you take your salary and you figure out how many hours you work and you divide it by those hours, that's going to be your hourly rate. And when you think of what your hourly rate is, you don't want to be spinning your wheels doing repetitive activities that aren't really moving the needle for your school. And then the last thing I want to ask you is what are your key hires missing? When you can look back over the last month, two months, whenever it is that you hired last, what are they missing? What is the disconnect? I find that when I don't have great teachers after the first month or two, I can look back and say, what was going on in my brain? What was going on in my life? What was going on in my business when I brought these people in and they did not hit on all cylinders in that right out of the gate? Most of the time I can trace it back to me or I can trace it back to my leadership. So. What are the key things that your new hires are missing and what can you do to make sure that you're filling in those gaps and to make sure that you're leaning in and you're listening to figure out what you're missing? Because if you if you're not retaining your teachers, you're not going to retain your families because nothing is cringier than having to tell a parent, new teacher. So let's talk about your talent. so we went through your tools of attraction, the technology. Now let's dive into the talent. okay. There's a difference in high quality, versus low quality care big difference the process variable human interaction and the child's subjective experience okay the meaning that how did your teachers interact with this kid and how this kid feel after interacting with the teachers and then there's the structural Variable and this comes from psychology today. The structural variable is the objective conditions, meaning your floor space, your group size, you know, all, your all of your licensing stuff, your ratios, your training. Good structure facilitates good processes. Good processes facilitates high quality care, which in turn predicts the positive child outcomes. So the two, so they're connected. So tying up everything I taught you from the beginning. Yes, your your brand is abundantly more than your building, but it matters. You can't have quality care in absolute chaos and nasty. We've all walked into a nasty childcare center. I have many times where it smells like a diaper to where it's messy. You want to have a good, clean and clear space for your families to see. That's going to automatically reflect, this is a quality place. So again, you've got your structural variables and then you've got your process variables. How do, do yours connect? And do you feel like you have a high-quality care or do you feel like you have low-quality care? And if you if you assess yourself and you feel like, ooh, there's some places we need to improve, improve because you can. Okay, now let's talk, talk about the most notable structural variable. That is caregiver stability. So turnover rates among child care staff are high, generally in the upwards of 30% annually. NACI just did a study Um, And during quarantine, I think it was actually at about 36%, like during, during, during quarantine after COVID, the effects on COVID on the childcare industry have been catastrophic. And I think that we still are not even fully aware of what's happened to us. So, but this is what we know. The teachers, the caregivers who get this, very simple, like their bosses are gonna be less likely to leave. So the great philosopher Charlie Brown says, People, you're only successful if other people want you to be. So if other people want you to be successful, you're going to be successful. So do, you think, do your people like you now? You don't have to be friends with everyone that works with you, but do they generally like you as a person? Do they know that you want to see them succeed? Because when they succeed, you succeed. Do they like you or are you a jerky kind of person? I've met lots of childcare owners and directors who are jerky kind of people. And you know what? The people that work for them don't love working for them. Don't be that person. Be the person who values people. You don't have to be their best friend, but understand if they like you, they're gonna wanna stay. And if they're good teachers, that my friends is really good for business. So keep in mind, your turnover rate does matter. So the next question for you is this. Do the daily interactions between you, your kids, your team, and your parents reflect the experience you want them to deliver? Remember, you're, you're delivering a service. Maybe you sell products, I don't know but you're delivering an experience. And if you think about what you're delivering, do you feel good about that? Do you feel good about what happened? Like when you put on your thinking cap and and we always say the thinking cap has the CAP, It's do you have constructive, not destructive dynamics? Do you walk away from work every day assured that you made a positive difference or are you ashamed of the way that you acted? And then the P, is positive. Are you positive or negative? Because nobody's neutral. None of us are Switzerland, right? We're either a positive or negative force in our business. What are you? And I hope that you're choosing positivity. So I would love for you to tell me in the comments, what do you feel like the secret sauce is for your staff? What makes them great? What makes your center, your school a great place where people want to be? What is it? Tell me in the comments, because this always, always, always fascinates me. Um, Let's see, okay, great class. Kay, you're awesome. Okay, positive attitude. Sierra says lots of treats. Heck yes, lots of treats. We love treats. We absolutely love treats. So um, yeah, so the, your secret sauce is what are you doing to keep people coming back? Leadership versus management, Keeley, absolutely. You know, we lead people, we don't manage them. People don't wanna be managed. They sure don't wanna be micromanaged. Uh, Charlene says treating the staff as the stakeholders and not just the teachers. Stakeholders, they have a stake in your business and you care for them and you listen. Awesome, Cynthia, that's wonderful. You're treating them as people. You know what all these things say is that you value them. And when people feel valued, people are gonna wanna stay because the truth is people who choose early education don't necessarily choose it because they know they're gonna make a lot of money. They choose it because they wanna make impact on kids, working with them side to side. Linda said, you've got low turnover. Uh, Patty says, show appreciation sincerely. Sonia, uh, positive attitude, support toward the staff. Norman, be there when they need to talk and let them know that you appreciate them. Guys, that is a retention strategy not being a jerk, being kind, showing appreciation for your people is absolutely an attention strategy. So I'm glad you know what your secret sauce is. That's so important. But there are things that you can put in place to help refine that and help that be better. Your secret sauce is your employer brand. And what that means is that your talent attraction strategy, meaning the strategy you have to bring in new teachers and keep the ones you have should reflect exactly who you are as an employer to the kind of talent that you want to track. So that's my fun stretch and grow team right there. Now, not everyone has to do a split. Not everyone even wants to do a split, but they've got to be fit, bubbly, energetic, because they're delivering an experience that is a high-quality, energetic, innovative experience every single time they work with the kids. So again, do your teachers know what experience you want and expect for them to deliver? So I'm going to be teaching a master class called uh, "The Three Secrets to Systems That Take You from Chaos to Clarity." It's a free master class, um, teach you how to kind of exit the overwhelm, gain some delegation skills, and kind of get your team aligned. So I'm going to be teaching that on Thursday at 5 p.m. Central, and again next Monday at 1 p.m. Central. So if you want to register for that, um, go to BethCannonSpeaks.com/masterclass. I would love to see you guys on the inside of it. I'll give you lots of Tips and tricks and tools for uh, leveling up your leadership going into Q4. Can you guys believe it is the fourth quarter of the year? 2021 is almost over. We have one Q left and we need to rock it. We need to spend so much of our time and energy right now preparing for what's to come, preparing for 2022. So because if you started this year and you still kind of feel a little bit wobbly, it's not too late. It's not too late to turn that rig around. And it's for sure not too late because you think about what do you want where do you want to be this time next year? You know, you're here because you want to understand the difference in staff and employer retention. What if you set some retention goals? And when you got to next year, you were like, I'm so glad that I was intentional about doing some of the things that we did. So let's talk about what is next. So um, make sure that you go in and that you download your checklist. Uh, m2mchecklist.com.bethcanspeaks.com. That's for your converting your manuals to modules. Um, Also, Sierra, um, I know that uh, Child Care CRM, they're going to receive a guide to choosing a CRM for their child care organization.
0: Actually, we will be, I think um, that was my my bad. We do have that guide, if anyone's looking for that guide, it is on our website. Um, But for this one, I actually thought um, that I would share our guide to enrollment retention for child care. So, If you don't know how to track enrollment retention, if you know you might be tracking it, but you're not sure it's accurate, if you want to, you know, tips and tricks that you can refer back to later for um, how to build an enrollment retention strategy, I will be sending out that guide along with the recording and your certificate of attendance tomorrow. So look for that in your email.
1: Yay. Well, that is awesome. Let's see. Now that's it. That's manuals to modules is launched. The next thing I have is this masterclass coming up. So yes. I'd love to see you guys there, Sierra. Thank you so much for having me. I love working with you guys. It's always such a pleasure.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. And let's, if anyone has any questions, feel free to drop them now. Um, and we'll, you know, give a few minutes if Beth, if you have a few minutes to speak.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I love the engagement from everyone throughout. I know
1: it's always nice to have people talk online because it's so weird talking to your screen all the time. I love live. I love live people. (laughs) Okay. Kay says, will it be available as a recording? I think yes. And we're going to turn it into a podcast, right?
0: Yes, it'll be a YouTube uh, recording so you can watch the video again. Or if you just want to listen to it again on your way to work or while you're doing other things, we will have it as a podcast on Childcare CRM, the podcast available, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, Amazon, all that. So
1: all the places.
0: Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Yes.
1: And thank you guys for engaging. Like I said, it's so nice. And I'm so thankful, you know, we've been going back in and doing lots of team trainings, you know, conferences are coming back up. And I'm going to be in Reno next month at the Child Care Business Professionals Conference. And so lots of things are happening. And so I'm so glad that people, you know, we figured out, hey, we can, you know, we can do this safely, right? We can continue to move about the cabin and make connections. So thank you guys for being good sports. It was good to see you too, Kay. Thanks everyone for coming and let me know if you have any questions. BethCannonspeaks.com is where you can find my website. Uh, Beth cannon speaks on Facebook. And then, um, we also have a Facebook community. It's just, if you just search groups, community, uh, faith-based at NPO's and that's where I hang out a lot.
0: Yeah. And it looks like we've got one question here from okay. Suzanne. She said, Sierra, what is the best way to follow up with parents when they're not answering your phone calls or texts? So, um, that is a great question. And that is, I mean, that's tricky. Um, in my experience, I would say texts are definitely going to get you the most responses as well as um, just open rates. Um, texts are typically ap- i answered or responded to within 90 seconds of, of receiving them. So I would stick with your texting model, um, but also try to find out the parent's preferred method of contact. Because although a lot of people do prefer text nowadays, there may still be some people who don't want text or phone call. Maybe they want an email So that'd be your first step is finding out the preferred method of contact. Um, Beyond that, you may want to reevaluate kind of your call to action in those texts and in those emails or phone calls, um, in your voicemails that you're leaving. So what are you doing to kind of lead parents to the next step? And a, a call to action or a CTA is a big part of that. Um, It needs to be really clear so that they know, okay, this is exactly what I need to do next. So if they need to schedule a tour, if maybe providing them with a link to schedule a tour online, or um, even just measuring their levels of engagement in text, you know, emojis are a really fun way to do that. We have one childcare CRM user who said that um, she will occasionally just ask someone to send that, she'll, you know, say, hey, this is Jessica from... ABC Learning Center. And, um, you know, if you're still want to hear from us, send reply back with your favorite emoji. And she said that that's a really fun way to keep people engaged. It's really easy for them to respond. So I would say, um, you know, maybe looking at what called actions you're using and just kind of finding out the preferred method of contact for those families who might not be very responsive is probably your first step in that process.
1: I am sure. just answering a question here from Charlene. She says, This yes. is great. Would you be willing to do a training on difficult staff? So I do that. I mean, part of Strategy Academy, we do a whole module, a whole week of coaching on the coach approach to learning or the coach approach to management. So that is in there as well. And then I also do, and I and I've done some different things for you guys. But if you look on my website, um, if you just go to BethcannonSpeaks.com/slash appearances, there are tons of webinars and trainings and YouTube videos. And you can kind of search through that and see, because I have had my share of difficult employees and I have learned lots about dealing with difficult employees. In fact, I have one right now and we're hoping to turn that rig around, but you know what? I used to be afraid of having crucial conversations, not afraid anymore, not afraid anymore. Um, You know what? And guess what? If they quit, I just have to trust that they are going to get replaced because we cannot have people working for us who are going to be working against us.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's great.
1: So, all righty. Is that it? I didn't see any more come in.
0: I don't see any questions. And if any, you know, if you sleep on it and some questions pop up, feel free to, you know, email me. I think you all have my email address from the invitation. Um, and we can answer those. Oh, it looks like Natalia has a question.
1: Okay. How do you get staff? How do you get staff to not hold you accountable for what the previous director didn't do? Well, I think that's just a I think that is just a conversation to say, how can I best serve you? You know, wh- what can you do for me? That person is gone. How can? What do you need from me? How can I help you do your job most effectively? And be prepared to say, if, if they have an expectation that you can't meet, then you need to be very clear that that's not an expectation that you can meet, but this is what you can do for them. And so it's, it's having those new conversations. So Natalia, you're stepping into new. If you were not meant to be in the seat you're in, you wouldn't be there, okay? For whatever reason, you are there. You are there, you are the leader. And so go into it confidently. How can I help you? How can I serve you? And what do you need from me? That's a that is the tough one though. So, yeah.
0: And congrats on your on your new position, Natalia, as a as a director. Yay!
1: Yes, new director, new director, at the most fun time ever. So, Natalia, you are one game girl. This is what we know about you, right? You you are you are game for it. You're here for it. Okay. Thanks, Sierra, again for having it having me on. And everyone, thank you for taking your time out on a beautiful Tuesday to come hang out with us here. I look forward to seeing you guys in future trainings. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.
0: Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Childcare CRM or childcare forms, visit us online at childcarecrm.com. And make sure to follow, rate, and review so you'd never miss out on another episode.